Hey guys, and welcome to the first, the inaugural, the premiere episode of Internal Budget, the newest Ottawa Senators podcast hosted by yours truly, because let's face it, there aren't enough Ottawa Senators podcasts out there already. If you know me, great, welcome. If you don't know me, how dare you? But my name is Brandon Mackey. I'm one of the blog boys, the hockey bloggers that you probably hate on Twitter.com. I write for Silver7Sends.com, covering the Ottawa Senators under the umbrella of SB Nation. It is the absolute best Ottawa Senators fan blog on the World Wide Web, and you should 100% check it out if you haven't already. If you're already a reader, thank you. Now, this uh, this here podcast isn't affiliated with Silver7. This is my own little side project that I felt like doing because apparently being a full-time student Having two other part-time jobs while maintaining a relationship didn't keep me busy and tired enough. So I might as well waste more time talking some hockey. My beautiful logo was not done by me as I am clearly not talented enough to create something like that. It was designed by a guy who goes by Gatineau Greg. You can find him and more of his amazing work on Twitter at Gatineau Greg and Instagram also at Gatineau Greg. So as far as this podcast goes, I'm going to try to keep the format short and sweet. Probably with just me most of the time talking about the week that was in Sensland. I'll likely do guests at some point here and there, but we'll see how she goes. So, with all that said, let's kick things off. Let's get going on the first episode of Internal Budget. So it was a bit of a weird week in Ottawa with the Sens wrapping up the last three games of a four-game homestand. Things kicked off Tuesday where they blew a 2-0 lead and lost in overtime 3-2 to the Chicago Blackhawks. Marcus Hogberg was once again sensational, stopping 27-30. of Then on Thursday was the dreaded Mark Stone return game. We knew that one was going to be rough on us, and it was uh, in more ways than one. Stone scored a goal and an assist to down the Sens 4-2. And on Saturday night, we saw the Sens take on the Calgary Flames, where they actually won 5-2, despite being outshot 42-15. Marcus Hogberg, again, absolutely unbelievable between the pipes, just to even give Ottawa a chance, never mind a 5-2 victory. That was a hell of a performance by the young goaltender, which segues perfectly into our next topic. Let's talk about some goaltending. So... Marcus Hogberg is the goaltender that ended the Senators' nine-game losing streak. And goaltending is a bit of a hot-button issue in Ottawa right now, and for good reason. All signs are pointing to Craig Anderson being traded. Ian Mendez wrote a piece on this for TSN.ca earlier in the week where he said it appears that the writing is on the wall for Andy. I'm inclined to agree Anderson has not had the best of seasons. He's currently posting a 3.32 goals against average and .897 save percentage, along with being 37 years old and likely in his last season as his contract expires at the end of the year. It brings me no pleasure to say this. Craig Anderson is the greatest goaltender the Ottawa Senators have ever had. He has taken them to heights greater than they had any right to reach. 
But moving on from Anderson would be the right thing to do, especially given the way that Hogberg is playing right now. He's on a one-way deal next year. He's looks like he's finally ready to make the jump to at least a backup NHL goaltender. His record doesn't really show it. He's only 2-2-5 two, two and five, um, with Ottawa this season. A 2.91 goals against average, though, and a 9.07 save percentage. Hogberg is doing really, really well. He's made some absolutely huge saves. So when Anders Nilsson comes back, there's going to be three goaltenders on the main roster in Ottawa. So you got to move one of them. Anderson seems like the right guy to move. There have been a minority of people, though, that I've seen saying we should move. I hate saying we. I hate when people say we because I don't play for the Ottawa Senators. I don't coach the Ottawa Senators. I don't work for the Ottawa Senators. So give me hell if I say we. If you ever hear me say we, make sure to give me hell. So I've been people saying that heard people saying that the Senators should trade Anders Nilsson. And there's some merit to that. Nillies would probably get Ottawa a better return than Anderson. And beyond that, the Senators are in the midst of the quote tank season. So he would likely win you more games than Craig Anderson. So maybe it does, on the surface, look like the better move to trade Nilsson. The problem is you can't part with him because you need stability going into next year. Like I said, Marcus Hogberg is on a one-way deal next year. So you're going to have him in net in Ottawa, and you need someone else. It can't be another young goaltender. It can't be Joey Decord or Philip Gustafson just yet. You need stability because next year is not a tank season. Next year's not a year where the Senators are going to be okay with finishing bottom of the barrel dead last in the league. They want to win some games next year. You need to start winning some games to develop these kids. So if you have just Hogberg and you're, he's your starter and he goes downhill, you're in big trouble. So Anders Nilsson will provide you that stability. He's a safety net. If Hogberg wins the job from him and ends up starting 50 plus games based on merit, great. Then the rebuild's going better than expected, and Hogberg is beginning to emerge as the Senators' starting goaltender. If not, you still have Nilsson, who's still going to win you some games. He might not be the goaltender of the future. He's probably not the next Marty Brodeur, but he's going to win you games. And then both their contracts are up at the end of the year. You can make a decision from there. The point is this. Stability is going to be key going forward. You can do what you want this year. You can you can sell off assets. You can lose a ton of games. Do what you want. It's going to happen anyway. Ron Hainsey is probably going to get traded. Tyler Ennis is probably going to get traded. Nemesnikov might get traded. A bunch of those guys are getting traded. Pajot, perhaps. That's fine. Blow it up this year. Finish dead last. Get some nice picks in the top 10, hopefully. But next year, once you have those picks, once you've started to get your young core in place and you're certain of who your guys going forward are going to be, that's when you got to start winning. I'm not saying Ottawa is going to be a playoff team next year. I'm not saying they should even look to the playoffs next year. But I think a loose goal would be to finish above 25th. Try to get away from that lottery territory if you can. 20th place, I think, would be a great finish for Ottawa next year and then push for the playoffs the year after. 
So a Nilsson Hoggy tandem is the way to go next year. You have the veteran who can give you some stability, win you some games, calm the kid down, and you have Hogberg so you can really see what he's made of. Give him a full season in the pros, in a contract year, see what you have there. And this seems like it's the plan. Graham Nichols did an article in The Athletic uh, where Pierre Dorian was quoted as saying, quote, when we did Anders Nilsson's contract, when we were just about to get it completed, we phoned the agent. I know I had Pierre Grew, Senator's goaltending coach, phone Marcus and say, this is the plan. This is what we've been talking about for two years internally. Now we've talked to Marcus about it, end quote. So this seems like it's been the plan to have the Nilsson-Hogberg tandem going into next year. So the only guy you can move here from those three is Anderson. It sucks. Like I said, I'm not thrilled to see Craig Anderson not finish his career in Ottawa. I don't think he's going to get the Senators a king's ransom of assets. But it's going to clear up that roster space. It's going to clear up some cap space. Not that the Senators need any of that. And it'll give Andy a chance to play for a cup in his last season, hopefully. So definitely, the move has to be Craig Anderson, not Anders Nilsson. Staying on the topic of young kids, though, Drake Batherson is having a nice little stretch. He's been up in Ottawa for seven games, um, nine in total. He played two at the beginning of the year before going back down to Belleville. But he's got two points on this seven-game stretch, and in Belleville, he was unbelievable. Once again, the just the best player in the league, completely dominant, scoring 41 points in 33 AHL games, leading the league in scoring. I don't see a reason to send Batherson back down to Belleville. I know he's back there right now for the all-star break. It makes sense. Get him as many games as you can. But talking long-term, rest of the season, what more can that kid prove in Belleville? He's already shown last year wasn't a one-off. He's leading the league in scoring. He's clearly a man among boys down there. So it makes no sense to send him back down. For sure, send him down for the Calder Cup run at the end of the year. Send all those guys down. Send Balsers, send Batherson, send Wallanen, send everyone you can. Send them down to Belleville. Let those guys win a Calder Cup together. But Drake Batherson belongs in Ottawa for the rest of the year. He's an NHL player now. And I think the argument that you're going to hear to the contrary is people saying, well, he doesn't have that many points, you know. Granted, it's only been seven games so far, but he's got two points to those seven games. It's not the same numbers he was putting up in the AHL, of course. Points are great. I'm thrilled if he can score a ton of points. But let's face facts. The Ottawa Senators aren't very good. They're not scoring a lot of goals to begin with. So those points are going to be harder to come by, especially in Ottawa at the NHL level. Where Batherson's really impressed me, though, is his compete level. In that Washington game a couple weeks ago especially, Senators were getting absolutely trashed by the first-place team in the league. They never had the puck. They never had uh, a solid time of possession. They were just in trouble from the outset. But what I noticed from Batherson was, aside from the skill, moving the puck, skating it, transitioning over the blue line, what I saw was... A guy going headlong into corners, throwing hits, fighting for pucks, getting them off defenders' sticks, and getting them to the front of the net. It's not something you think of as a part of Drake Batherson's game. But that's what he was doing. 
He's and that's not something you saw last year either. So when I say that he's an NHL player now, I don't mean that he's immediately going to start putting up 50, 60 points. I think those those days are going to come. But what I mean is Drake Batherson is a more complete player now. The course he isn't great. He's 42.76% on this stretch of seven games. But you, you got to take into account some of those games that they played. Ottawa was completely dominated in terms of chances in possession by Washington, by Vegas, and by Calgary. So that's three games out of the seven. That's about half where the entire team didn't have great possession numbers. So, and beyond that, Batherson clearly has the trust of his coaching staff, which is something that we haven't seen from a ton of the rookies this year. Brandstrom got some good minutes, some good opportunities. Never got to see him on the first power play, though. Logan Brown, when he was playing well, got some super good looks, top line minutes, top power play. But Batherson is playing consistently about 16 minutes a night. He only played about 12 against Calgary, but before that he was playing 18, 17, 16, 15, 16, that kind of thing. So DJ Smith clearly trusts Batherson to go out there and not make mistakes. So all that said, I, I don't see a reason to send him back to Belleville. I don't see what he has to gain out of that. Keep him up for the rest of the year. Let him grow. Let him learn what it's like to be a full-time NHL player. And then send him down for the Calder Cup run. You're not going to hurt anyone. A guy who's putting up a point-of-game pace in the AHL two years running now. That guy's got nothing left to prove in the American League. It's not going to do anything for his development to send him back down. Keep Batherson up. Let him keep the hot streak going. Keep Batherson up. Let him play some meaningful hockey. Well, meaningful in the sense that it's NHL hockey. Sens aren't going to be playing meaningful hockey for a while. And then you're going to get a better player back for it next year. And you're especially going to get a better player back for it when you send him down to Belleville and that team goes and wins a Calder Cup because I don't know who's going to stop them. They're winning games right now with 10 forwards and like I, I, I don't see who's going to stop that team in the playoffs if they stay healthy. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is Anthony Duclair. So we all know Duclair had this white hot start. He was unbelievable coming out of the gate, especially in December. Made his first all-star team. Things are looking up. And he's kind of cooled off now. Considerably, actually. He's only got three points in his last ten games. What concerns me more than just that he's got three points in ten games is that they're all assists. Like, this guy's a goal scorer. He hasn't scored in ten games. His last goal came December 21st against Philadelphia. So he's gone over a month. This week it'll be over a month without a goal. In the 10 games before this stretch, he had 11. He had 11 goals in 10 games before the last 10. So the problem is there's concern for a guy 
whose knock through his career has been consistency. That's been one of the main things that Anthony Duclair hasn't been able to shake. And that's the label of inconsistent. It happened at the beginning of his career with the Rangers and with the Coyotes. It happened in Chicago. He started off really hot and then fell off a cliff. And it happened with the Blue Jackets too. And that was what precipitated Tortorella's I don't think he knows how to play rant. The thing is, we know Anthony Duclair can play. He's got 33 points this year in 47 games. We've seen the emergence of a player who, on a bad team, has elevated his teammates and has had found ways to score and to help teammates score. Like, we know this guy's a player. There's, there's no doubt about that anymore. And when you take into account things like injuries and the, the performance of the team as a whole, this really isn't all that out of the ordinary. During that streak, that 10-game streak where Duclair scored 11 goals, the Sens scored 34 as a team. So 34. On this one, this last 10 games, of which they lost 9, by the way, they scored 27. Now keep in mind, they scored 5 goals against Calgary. So take away that game. In that 9-game block right there, the Senators scored 22 goals. That's averaging 2.4, roughly 2.4 goals per game, which is an entire goal less than they were averaging before. The chances just haven't been there. Not just for Anthony Duclair, for the Senators as a whole. He blocked a shot in the Florida game. He got hurt. He missed a game. And he's been playing ever since then. But since that game, since that game where he blocked that shot and he got hurt, he hasn't been the same. In the three games before the injury, before the Florida game, sorry, including the Florida game, Florida game being the third game, he had 11 high, da- high danger chances. And he's only had five in the six games since he got hurt. Four of them came in the first three. So I don't know if he's still hurt. I wouldn't want to presume that. But there's something to be said when a guy missed a game due to injury came back and then has been has had about half the offensive opportunities that he had before. Selfishly, I'd say skip the All-Star game. Get yourself healthy, get your body right and then come back and start scoring again. But I mean, he's in a nothing season in Ottawa. Mind you, aside from being a contract year, it's his first All-Star game. Go to the All-Star game, go have fun. But the point is, this isn't on Anthony Duclair entirely. It shows how badly the Senators need big-time playmakers. If you look at their their top three offensive guys, you have Duclair, Brady Kachuk, and Thomas Shabbat. Have you ever noticed that all those chances that those guys get, they create themselves? If Thomas Shabbat gets a scoring chance, it's him skating the puck into the zone. If Brady Kachuk gets a scoring chance, it's him driving to the front of the net. If Duclair gets a scoring chance, it's him skating around defenders and cutting to the net. These guys are elite-level offensive talents. The problem is, in order for them to produce, 
they have to do all the work themselves. Think about the guys they play with. Like JG Pajot, despite the season he's had, is not not an elite level offensive talent. Artemon Isimov, Colin White, Connor Brown. These guys are good players. I love Connor Brown. But they're not elite level offensive players. The closest thing they've had to it this season was Logan Brown. When he first got up to Ottawa. When he first got that call up. When he was skating well. When he was taking pucks off defender sticks. He was making these crisp, crisp, just disgusting passes to his teammates. To open guys. That was the closest thing they've had to a playmaking center. And then Logan Brown kind of fell off. And since then, they haven't really had that guy. They've had Duclair, Shabbat, and Kachuk driving the offense themselves. So what the Senators need to do in the draft is get a playmaker. Like, it's as simple as that. If they can get a Lafreniere, if they can get a Byfield... Like, that's huge. That's going to make the difference to this team. This team's going to score so many more goals next year. I know that sounds overly simplistic. It's because it is. If you get a player that talented and take the pressure off your stars so they don't have to do everything themselves. Sometimes Brady Kachuk can just sit in front of the net, wait for a pass, and get a tap in. If Duclair can just sit at the top of the circle and get a one-timer. If Thomas Shabbat can sneak back door and rifle a quick shot short side on a beautiful feed. That's going to make the difference for this team. That's when they're really going to start opening it up offensively. Especially when guys like Branstrom and Batherson and Formanton and Norris and Abramov start developing and start playing at the NHL level. This team's going to be offensive dynamite going forward with the speed and skill they have they are just missing that guy who can feed their stars the puck all right and the last thing i'm going to try to close every podcast off with is something i'm going to call the belleville blessing if you've got a better name for it please let me know i'm not good at this so in the Belleville Blessing, what we're going to do is we are going to pick a Belleville Senators player from the last week or so that has been performing, let's say, or going above and beyond. So this week, it's going to be Josh Norris. Uh, he has had an absolutely phenomenal stretch of late. He just saw a 13-game point streak come to an end. He's got 21 goals and 17 assists in 40 games. I think everybody expected him coming out of Michigan last year to be a really good player for Belleville, but I don't think anyone expected him to have such a quietly dominant season so far. He's so good with the puck. He has an unbelievable amount of skill. He's known for being a playmaker, but his shot is just wicked. He has an absolute bullet of a release and I'm really really excited to see what he can do uh, by the end of the season I'm sure he's going to get a look in Ottawa at some point um, especially with any potential trades coming down the pipe Anisimov likely out the door at some point Pajot probably out the door at some point there's going to be plenty of opportunities for these young centers like Norris and Logan Brown to get some really solid 
chances in Ottawa. So the first recipient of our Belleville blessing is Josh Norris. And guys, that is going to do it for the premier edition of Internal Budget. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. Whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. It's going to help me a ton going forward. Once again, my name is Brandon Mackey. You can find me on Twitter at BrandonMackey6. And if you're interested in checking out my written work, you can find it at Silver7Sends.com. Thank you for listening once again, and I'll be back soon with more content for y'all. Have a great week. <laughs>